Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace Theology segment. My name is Dave, and on today's episode, one of our listeners writes in, and they have a great question, and the question is, should we always be watchful uh, for Jesus' return? Well, this is such a good question, and thank you so much for uh, writing in and uh, asking this question, because, you know, every Christian believes that the Lord Jesus' return is imminent. What that means is that the return of the Lord Jesus could happen at any time and at any place. Paul says this in Titus 2.13, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so knowing that the Lord could come back at any time, even today, at this moment, it causes some to stop and wonder, what are they doing and only wait for him. And yet there's a difference between knowing Jesus could return today and knowing that he will return today. In Matthew 24, 36, Jesus says this, But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, and nor the Son, but the Father only. And so the timing of the Lord Jesus' return is something the Lord has not revealed to anyone. And so until he calls his own to himself, they should continue to steadfastly and faithfully uh, trust him and follow Jesus. You see, the return of Jesus is presented in the Word of God as an excellent motivation for action. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and move while always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, Paul concludes a lesson on Christ's coming, saying, And so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. You see, Jesus never called the people of God to hold the forward or nor retreat, but to work while they can. The apostles all lived with the idea that the Lord could return at any time. Rather than disobey the command to make disciples, they made disciples, and they spread the gospel of the glory of God. And as a result, the disciples lived life to the fullest, as if every day, every moment was their last. Today, every Christian should view each day as a gift from the Lord and use it to glorify God and make disciples of Jesus. And now Jesus could return at any time and at any moment. And when Jesus spoke of his return in his ministry, it prompted questions from his disciples. One of these questions was in Mark 13, 4. It says, when will these things happen? And Jesus responds saying this in Mark 13, 32 through 33. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. And with any discussion of the end times, it's vital to explain that the Lord does not intend for his people to understand his plans fully. What the Bible does say is that Jesus' return is near, and his people are eager to wait for it. And James encourages the people of God in James 5.8 to be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Both Revelation 1.3 and Revelation 22.10 teach that the return of the Lord is near. 
And Jesus taught the disciples to, to watch and to wait for his return. In Luke uh, twelve forty, it says, You must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You see, be ready here means eminence. Throughout the New Testament, the church is told to be ready. In fact, the disciples in the early church expected the Lord Jesus' return, and Christians today should patiently watch and wait for his return. The salvation of the people of God, according to 1 Peter 1.5, is, is ready to be revealed in the last time. And so the Lord Jesus could return at any moment, which will set in motion the events described in Revelation 6-8. through 8. Like the five wise virgins in the parable of Jesus, every Christian must be ready. Matthew twenty five thirteen says, Watch therefore, for you know, neither the day nor the hour. And having a false assurance of salvation in Christ, it's a real problem in the church today. Many people today live their lives thinking they're good concerning the Lord. They don't need salvation. They don't need their sins forgiven. After all, they think they're good people. They take care of their families. They make a paycheck. They think their merits uh, save them. And by itself, the presence of good works doesn't prove anything. One doesn't have to be saved from refraining from lying, from stealing, from murder, from loving one's family, or be a productive citizen. Paul tells Christians that, that while non-Christians suppress the knowledge of God, they still have the law of God on their conscience, and they lived up to its standards in an external way in Romans uh, 2, 14-16. External conformity to the law is possible for people who do not know Christ, although non-Christians cannot do what is pleasing to the Lord. And so, apart from God's grace, all people are dead in their trespasses and sins and cannot be motivated to do good works by a genuine love for the Lord. And even if good works are to be in any way evidence that we are genuinely saved, then the people of God must uh, couple works with the right doctrine, knowing that believing in the biblical Christ alone saves them. Good works further are evidence of genuine faith that alone can justify sinners only if they believe in Christ revealed in the scriptures. You see, there are only two class of people in the world. First, those who are genuinely saved and know they are saved. And as a result, they are assured of their salvation because they believe in the biblical Jesus and they see evidence of genuine faith in service to God and a neighbor. And the combination of right belief and right action does not always give people genuine salvation. It's possible for someone to be saved and yet to believe they are saved. After all, Satan accuses the people of God, which encourages them to call into question the state of their salvation. And even further, their sin can make it hard for them to believe that Christ loves the people of God and has redeemed them. And the second class of saved people consists of those who are saved, but they have no real personal assurance of their salvation. Such Christians do not have to languish in uncertainty, for they can know that they're saved if they know the biblical Jesus. Revelation 12.10 calls Satan the accuser of our brothers. Satan loves to bring up the sins of the people of God and use it to cause them to doubt their salvation. And so the Holy Spirit convicts the people of God of their sin, but he does so not to bring despair, but genuine assurance. And Satan tries to convince Christians that true assurance is impossible. And so when they hear a charge, we can know it comes from the devil and not from the Lord. Now, in 2 Timothy 4 eight, Paul is facing his impending execution with joy, knowing that a crown of righteousness awaits him in the presence of the Lord. Now, he's not referring here to being saved by good works, but only by the righteousness of Jesus. 
And once a person has been justified by faith alone, they will do good works that the Lord will reward in the life to come, although such works do not earn anyone a place in the kingdom of heaven. Through every saint sinner is imperfect, the Lord will reward each Christian a crown for the good works they have done, because they have loved the appearing of the Lord Jesus. Matthew Henry is right. It is the character of all the saints that they long for the appearing of Jesus Christ. They love his second appearing at that great day. Love it and long for it. It's it's the very it's very easy to become content with the comforts and the material successes of our lives, but a love for the second coming of the Lord Jesus motivates every Christian to do good works that will gain an everlasting reward. I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.